Well, good morning, everyone. My name is Jess, and I'm a deputy church warden. <laughs> Thanks, Guy. <laughs> so if you were here last week, you will remember that it was our Vision Sunday, and we were looking at a passage from Deuteronomy, um, where we were thanking God for the past, we were looking and considering the challenges of the future, and we were remembering that God promises to go with us and to go before us in all that we do. Now, when Alan asked me to preach um, on this week, he subtitled it Adventure Sunday, which is a synonym for Giving Sunday. And um, before you get your coat, <laughs> I want to reassure you that I know what it's like <coughs> excuse me, to sit through an uncomfortable giving talk. And um, even though it's biblical to give, and I recognize that, I've always found it a little bit awkward um, to be in one of those talks. So I have tried really hard to ensure that this talk doesn't apply pressure, leverage guilt, or even wander into the territory of coercion because these are not things for a giving sermon. And um, in fact, my prayer is that you leave feeling energized and excited about God's work in your life. And um, I'm not actually going to talk that much about giving to St. Saviour's um, and how you do it. But I made a little thing <laughs> that is a bit Blue Peter. But I made a little thing that, that I've, you should all have because we gave them out as you came in. Now, I reduced at Sophie's advice... I reduced it in size, and it was only one per household because we're trying to be sustainable. Um, and if you definitely don't think you're going to use it, leave it behind and we'll use it tonight. <laughs> so so like, let's try and be as green as we can with our paper. But um, everything you kind of would need to know is on there. So I'm not going to sort of put it all up on the screen or anything like that because you can all read it. Um, so let's start with our reading, and it's in Luke chapter 19. Uh, verse 1 to 9, and it, oh, 1 to 10, sorry, and it's a really familiar passage, I'm sure, that many of you will have heard this before. Zacchaeus, the tax collector. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he couldn't see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, he's gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor, and if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Okay, so before we start, let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you that the most important thing that we can ever do is have a relationship with you. Thank you that when we encounter you, our lives are transformed. Please speak to each of us individually today in your powerful name. 
Amen. Okay, so I'm aware that most good sermons have got three points, but this one's only got two. So I'm just going to have to trust that these are the things that God wants us to hold on to today. And I've got two points. The first one is encountering Jesus leads to financial integrity. And the second point is encountering Jesus leads to generosity. Encountering Jesus leads to financial integrity and encountering Jesus leads to generosity. My husband, George, and I will be celebrating our silver wedding anniversary next year. I know. (laughs) How has that happened? (laughs) We got married at the end of our second year of university and became financially independent at that point. And in fact, on the day we got back from our honeymoon, um, we were sleeping in my parents' caravan on their driveway. And um, I remember sitting up in bed and doing our accounts of our finances because we'd just come back from our honeymoon and all of this. And I worked out that when everything was paid, we had 165 pounds worth of debt. (laughs) So we started off a bit tight for money. Um, And it was always kind of pretty tight in those early years. Uh, We had months when everything was paid. All we had was what I earned, babysitting my nieces and nephews. And um, uh, yeah, we didn't even have to pay university fees back in those days. So, you know, now for students who start off and they've got like 30 grand worth of fees just before they've even done a day at college. Um, We were living in Twickenham. We wanted to have a car. We wanted to go on holiday. We needed food, that kind of stuff. Um, and we lived in one room for the first two years of our married life. We maxed out on overdrafts, credit cards, students, student loans, and graduate loans. And by our late 20s, our debts ran into tens of thousands of pounds. Now, back in the early to mid-2000s, it was really easy to get into lots of debt because um, you could have 25 grand of debt on a credit card and only be paying 25 pound a month back, in, back before 2008 and the crash and everything. And um, debt is a black hole. It sucks you in and it grows month on month. And it also creates an intense web of guilt and shame. Now, we were educated, we had promising careers, but our finances were out of control. I didn't discuss it with anyone, not even my closest family. And I'm really close to my family, but they had no idea. And I found even thinking about it really hard. My chest would compress, and it would feel like it had a weight on me, and I would panic if I thought too hard about it, so I didn't think about it. And it weighed really heavy on my shoulders. Now, I chose this passage to preach from because I've always felt like Zacchaeus was a bit of a kindred spirit, really. Not because he was in debt, because he wasn't, but because he had to live with the weight of his own financial failings and lack of integrity. But this story is so full of hope. In verse 10, Jesus explicitly says that the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Feeling lost with your finances 
can be one of the most isolating and debilitating experiences. And this story shows just how an encounter with Jesus can change everything. Now, I'm really aware that the current financial climate is really bleak. And I suspect that, like mine, your gas and electricity costs have doubled in recent months. And in addition, the cost of petrol and food is increasing week by week. And I could understand if your response to hearing that today's talk is about giving might be, you're having a laugh, Jess. Giving to church is the last thing on my agenda right now. Now, I can't possibly know what your individual financial circumstances are. And I imagine in this room, there's a huge range. But I do have something really important that I do know. And that is that Jesus knows about all of our financial situations. In fact, he's probably got way more detail on it than we do. He knows what we spend our money on, and he knows why. He knows where we hold back and where we really don't. <laughs> and he desires for us to have financial integrity. But what does that mean? I think that having financial integrity means that our bank statements reflect our values and tell a story about God's work in our lives. I believe that when we encounter him and allow him to work in our lives, that we will always see evidence of that in our finances. So to finish my story, one day, and I can't remember exactly when it was, but it was definitely before Daisy was born, so it's like 12, 13 plus years ago, I came to church in this room and someone preached a sermon. And they said something like, there's something that you've been putting off, don't put it off anymore, ask God now to work in your life. I don't, I don't remember who it was, but they might as well said my name at the end because I knew that that message was for me and I knew that it was about our debt. So straight after the service, I went to talk to a very wise lady from this congregation who I knew had a heart for helping people in debt. And with real fear and apprehension, I told her about our financial situation. And she committed to helping me. And we worked through a budget. We made sure we were actively paying off our debts each month. And she supported me month on month until we became debt free. I believe our financial situation was transformed as a direct result of that moment of obedience and because someone else used their gifts to honor God by supporting us. Perhaps you're a person who's really good with money and you could offer support to others. What is God saying to your heart about financial integrity today? Our passage teaches us that when we encounter Jesus, we cannot fail to be transformed. I'd love to know what Jesus said to Zacchaeus at his house. One thing I do know is that it wouldn't have been condemning in any way. That's not how Jesus operates. He speaks love to us, and through that, we recognize the issues in our lives. He brings light to our darkness, even the darkest reaches of our finances. Encountering Jesus leads to financial integrity. The second point I want to make in, from our passage is that encountering Jesus leads to generosity. Zacchaeus is so overcome 
by his encounter with Jesus, that he's not only moved to repay all of the money that he's taken dishonestly, but he commits to paying it back four times over. And even more than that then, he says he's going to give away half of all of his possessions. And as a wealthy tax collector, he would have had a lot of money and a lot of stuff. Meeting Jesus didn't just move him to do the right thing or the reasonable thing or the bare minimum. It moved him to extreme generosity. And that's what encountering Jesus does. It fills us up to overflowing. And that might be overflowing with our money or our time. But it goes further than that because being transformed by Jesus leads to an overflow of the fruit of the Spirit. Um, Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. How generous is your heart feeling today? Are you so full of Jesus that it overflows into every area of your life? And if you're not, would you like to be? Because Jesus is here right now in this room. And the Bible says in Revelation chapter 3, verse 20, that Jesus says, here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. If you want to respond to Jesus today through financial giving, then the handout tells you how you can do that. Um, I've talked on it about the financial aspect, but also time and also prayer, because that is a, a sacrificial gift you can give to the church as well. Pray about it, take it home, um, just ask God how he wants you to respond. And uh, I'm certainly not asking you to commit to anything in here and now, but if you want to, then we can support you in that and talk to one of the team and we've got gift aid forms and all sorts of things if you, if you need help with that. Something I do want to say though, is that I recognize that unless you are a single person who is making all of your own financial decisions, that agreeing to give money away and how much can be a really delicate negotiation and might not be solely up to you. If your marriage is under strain in any way or you approach money really differently, then it can be particularly difficult to discuss. If your partner does not attend church or potentially doesn't even like you attending church, then I know that the prospect of even mentioning giving money away can cause conflict. And I totally understand these things. And so all I want to do is remind you that God is with you in your circumstances and he knows the battles that you're facing. Most importantly, he sees your heart and your intentions, not necessarily the value. So don't think about what anyone else might be doing because the key thing is to turn to him, get close, reach out for his help, and then allow him in to every corner of your life. Perhaps I can ask the band to come up now. You know, I could stand here and give you a list of reasons why this church needs money. Barbie's here. She could stand and give you a list. She could give you a really long list. (laughs) She could give you spreadsheets. (laughs) But my hunch is that you already know about things like heating and electricity and paying staff who, let's face it, could all earn more money somewhere else. (laughs) They don't come here for the money. (laughs) Um, Supporting our ministries, uh, 
the ongoing building projects, and that's still very much there. But don't give to St. Saviour's out of guilt, or duty, or tradition. Open your heart to the work of Jesus in your life, and give from the overflow, overflow of his provision to you, and his leading in your, in your spirit. So let's just spend a few minutes now creating space to encounter Jesus and to receive what he would want to say to us individually. We welcome you, Holy Spirit. Would you minister to our hearts right now? May we meet with Jesus in our lives. If you're feeling prompted to respond in some way today, then you could just make a commitment quietly to God of what that is. Decide on a first step and commit it to God now whilst we spend time in his presence. It might be a conversation you need to have or just sit down and even open your bank statements, perhaps. Perhaps the Holy Spirit is speaking to you about your financial integrity. Perhaps it's about debt, out-of-control spending, tax avoidance, unhealthy financial interests, gambling, or other addictions. Perhaps you waste money on unnecessary things, or you have bills unpaid that you're not dealing with. Just allow God to speak to you now. Perhaps you, like me, have wrestled with fear and shame or guilt when it comes to your money. Jesus wants to release you from those things and set you on a path of wholeness and financial integrity where the money you spend matches the values you hold. And I know for sure that this church community is a place where you can find healing and restoration. If that's you, please don't leave today without asking someone to pray with you. You don't have to wait till the end of the service. You can come now to the sofas. I'll go down there and pray with you and there'll be others that will. Or just grab someone you trust and ask them to pray for you. We're going to be worshipping, so there's plenty of time. Lord Jesus, thank you for your presence with us right now. Thank you for all the ways that you are speaking to us. May we respond to you and receive your love, healing, and guidance. Bless each person here with an encounter with you. In Jesus' name.